Hey, this is John DiMaggio, and you're listening to the Geek Generation. Oh, yeah, baby. Joined in the studio by Damian Crenshaw. I'm here. Roger Andrews. Hey, 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 Rob. Artist extraordinaire. <laughs> and Kane Andrews. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> uh, last week, we talked all about our experiences at San Diego Comic-Con, and we're getting into all the big news that came out of the convention, and there was a lot. Granted, Marvel did not have a presence in Hall H this year. I at first thought that Marvel not being there meant that they weren't going to be at the convention at all. Not that they just weren't going to have a presence in Hall H, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have anything that they really need to show off in Hall H. No, I mean, did they? was there a Ant-Man panel? No, no, but Ant-Man was right around the corner, so there was really no need. Right. I mean, they showed off the costume at the Marvel booth. Right. But that was really all that needed to be done. People were either going or not at that point. I don't and think they were in, they were like building buzz. Let's face it, everyone's going. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you know, people don't know factor that in. People, listen, we're all gonna go see these movies. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like, <laughs> as soon as they announce Batman v Superman, I'm going. Oh like, yeah, going. It doesn't matter. Right. I'm I'm gonna be there. Yeah, you're going. So let's hop right in. Uh, there were some big trailer reveals. Some of this stuff leaked online, and there's a whole major controversy going on with that. Yep. That who cares? <laughs> like, people leak trailers. People are gonna say that they're gonna hold back footage because people are leaking it Mm -hmm. no one's gonna hold back anything like it's just gonna keep happening it's gonna keep leaking it's gonna be part of the process they're gonna have to learn how to adopt it i do wish people wouldn't leak stuff and i personally refuse to watch leak trailers because i have like just that cinephile attitude of i want to see something in the best possible quality right i don't want to watch something off of someone's cell phone camera yeah no you don't so yeah so i wait for seeing it how they intended us to see it but uh Batman v Superman being the first one, I didn't initially want to see this one necessarily, but they did show it before Ant-Man, so I was uh, shown the footage anyway. And I have to say that based on what I saw in the trailer and the way that they seem to be approaching the story, I like it. I like the direction that they're going with this. The fact that we see Bruce Wayne running through... The city, he, he was in Metropolis when this major attack or major battle was going on between Superman and Zod. Mm-hmm. And one of his buildings was taken down and dozens were killed. I think that's undercutting the amount. Granted, I think they were saying dozens in the Wayne building were killed. I don't even know how many hundreds of people were slaughtered in this massive yeah. uprising in the city, but. Yeah, that's definitely one thing you didn't see in Man of Steel. Like you see the people that got saved, the mm-hmm. people that they, you know, were were helping each other through the rubble, but we don't see how many people were killed, who right, died, who right. was lost. You don't see the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be addressing that a lot and taking the fans' criticism into account. Like Man of Steel is still what Man of Steel was. I don't think they're necessarily fixing anything. Like, I think they were trying to imply that 
they did this in Man of Steel to set up Batman v Superman. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know. I can tell you, I mean, uh, Kane and I from experience yeah. being in that panel, they flat out said that's what their intent was. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were going to piggyback right off of the events of Man of Steel. Right. That's what led to this particular storyline. That's exactly what they did. Which is... What they said. Right. Which is okay. And it's a, it's a comic book mentality to take, which I appreciate in a comic book movie. But at the same time, movies are movies. I think movies, even ones that exist in a larger universe, still have to be cohesive, standalone stories. To leave that big of an undone doesn't... Like, I don't want to go back and look at a movie retroactively and be like... Oh, I see what they did here. Right. Like, I want the movie to stand alone. You like to think that it was all thought out in advance. Yeah. Of of them releasing the film. Yeah. Or that even that was addressed in the first movie. Like, if we saw... I know it's thinking way ahead. And yeah, you're going to have to start thinking ahead when you have an expanded universe like this. But we should have seen Ben Affleck in the city in Man of Steel. Yeah. Like, that should have been addressed you, in some way. You, well, there is a company that does that. They yeah. seed characters yeah. into, yeah, yeah, into yeah, right. films and prepare you for the next film. Right. Typically after the credits. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. More often than not, right after the credits, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are, I mean, it can be done. Marvel's and that, shown that it can that be done. That could have taken care of some of our problems right. if we knew that there were consequences on the way for Superman right. at mm-hmm. that point. But we didn't. Which makes Man of Steel the weaker film at that time. Right. right. But now it looks like maybe this is going to enrich Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah. If you see this and love it, you may go back and and uh, appreciate Man right. of Steel more after seeing this. Perhaps. And I may, but at the same time, I don't want to have to see Batman v Superman and then wait for something. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, to, you, yeah you can't just keep saying, yeah. well, keep wait. That's just right, wait. Right, right. Yeah, no. Yeah, we'll get you in the second film. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got you. There's got to be a breaking point. Like, you can't just keep pulling that. Right. That's my. <laughs> that's that's really my only concern with these, uh, with all the uh, films based off of comic book properties. Yeah. What is the breaking point? Right. I'm hoping it doesn't come. <laughs> I'm hoping not either. Right? I'm hoping it's like Westerns. Yeah. Like, you know, Westerns throughout the history of film went on for decades. Right. Let's hope that it's like Right. That. I do love the fact that the, we're working in expanded universes, but like I was saying, a movie's a movie. Don't try to make it a TV show. Don't try to make it a comic book that's going to have just these parts of a bigger story. You can do that, but if you have the movie standalone on its own... That's where it becomes successful, and it's a movie. Like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, fantastic movie in and of itself, Mm -hmm. and drove the universe forward. Right, right. There was no reliance on what's coming next to make that a good movie, and that's the attitude they have to take, I think. I agree, and I think that's what made that work so well, Yeah, that particular film. Yep. I mean, it felt like uh, the story was contained within it, Yeah, and there were things happening beyond it. Right. So you appreciate it on both levels, right? Most movies don't do that, let's face it. No, no. It's it's an added complexity to movies in this expanded universe world that we live in now. Right. But it's going to be one that they're going to have to deal with. Cool. All yeah. right. I'm in it. All right. Uh, speaking of that expanded universe, the DC one, surprisingly, we weren't expecting to see this online, but it leaked. And then Warner Brothers decided to put out the the actual footage afterwards for people to watch officially. And that is the Suicide Squad trailer. This one, uh, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about. Yeah, I you know when we saw it live, I mean, what was your thoughts, son? I mean, I I, I found it it was darker. <laughs> I know this is strange, strange to say for, for for this universe, but it was darker and more ominous than I expected. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I haven't been as on board for all the uh, all the leaked footage and all mm-hmm. the leak. Uh, I'm sorry, not footage, but leaked images. Mm-hmm. 
but it looks really sinister. It looks really like na- it looks like a nasty movie. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean it feel it doesn't feel like um doesn't feel comic booky at all, you know? Yeah. It's not like any of like the Batman or the Superman trailers. It's right. like where like he's saving people and everybody's I don't think really... anybody's getting saved in this. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my impression. Everybody's screwed. Yeah. Right. People, it is called Suicide Squad. Yeah. People yeah. are dying yeah, in the true. commercial two of the movie. Right. Yeah. Being unfamiliar with the source material, you know, as a person, I'm seeing it uh going deeper than what I've seen in other comic book based films. Like this is very emotional on one one side, and then you have them going out and committing crimes. It's mm-hmm. like, well, who is actually the bad guy here? Right. Who, who is, you know, at the top of all of this? How many superhero properties have we seen at this point from the villain perspective? Granted, Suicide Squad is kind of in the anti-hero range, but right. these are all that. still villains. Like, they're, they're not out to save anybody. They're acting based on orders and a lot of the times against their will because they have these bomb. I assume they're going to go this route in the movie too. It's a kind of staple of the suicide squad is they have like a bomb placed at the base of their skull. And if they disobey, they go boom. But if they fulfill the mission and they survive, they're given a pardon or maybe not a pardon or an early release or something, something for their benefit. So there is, there is a reward if they're successful, but if they don't comply, they're dead. It's their own life at stake, not right. someone else's per se, unless they dive into something else that involves people that they may be related to. Right, right, right. And it all depends on what their mission is, too. Like, mm-hmm. they do have assassination missions and stuff, too. Okay. There's any number of things Suicide Squad could be responsible for. But, I mean, as you can see in the footage, we're getting a lot of other people in here, too. In addition to just the squad, we're getting Batman's going to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. And uh, the villain, quote-unquote, of this movie, of villains, is the Joker. Which is a legit... He's a legit villain. He is. Right. Yeah, that's, you know... My assumption that he was part of the Suicide... Again, I don't know the source material either. Me neither. So I assumed he was part of the Suicide Squad. In he's comics. not part of the squad, no. no. But Harley's a staple of the squad. Okay. Which is an interesting dynamic now between Joker and Harley. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Yeah, see, yeah, they, <laughs> they were watching the footage yeah. as you speak, and they yeah. just showed uh, Jared Leto as the as the Joker. That's, that's nasty. So what do you guys yeah. think about that? Like, we saw, this is the first time we've seen video footage of Jared Leto's Joker. Right. And there was speculation beforehand with that image that they released with all the tattoos and stuff that maybe that wasn't his final look, but we know for sure now it definitely is. It was definitely hinted at being true with... uh Harley having the same kind of tattoo aesthetic, Mm -hmm. which I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I think Leto's going to do great Mm -hmm. as the Joker performance wise. I'm still having a hard time dealing with the visual. Yeah. Yeah. He just looks like a thug. And the Joker is not a thug. The Joker. Yeah. He was elevated in the Dark Knight. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. There was there was was you took him serious in the Dark Knight. And was that a tattoo parlor at the end? Couldn't tell. I don't know. I wasn't sure. It looked something it looked very looked, hygienic. I mean, yeah. It looked very hygienic no. if it was. It would kind of explain the tattoos. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I'm still having a hard time rationalizing in my brain someone getting the Joker to sit down and Joker being like, I would like a smile right here. And this mm. and that, like, right. no, it's just Unless it's weird. one of his guys. And doesn't he always have, like, henchmen? He is does. It, yeah. And that's still thing. But he's not taking the time to get tattoos. 
He's yeah. got people to kill. That's He's right, insane. Yeah. That, that's a right. full-time job. Yeah. Right? You don't have time, right? You yeah. Leisure time for tattoos. I actually saw, too, there's a meme going around online uh, with all the different forms of the Joker. Mm-hmm. And each one kind of like a descriptive word for each version. So they had the Cesar Romano one that said the clown. Yep. And it had the uh, Jack Nicholson. And it said the mobster. Heath Ledger. It said the anarchist. Jared Leto. It said the psychopath. And it does kind of like really nail all of them and then it has right. mark hamill the cartoon one that says the joker because because <laughs> that really is i think the most authentic version of the joker that right. we've seen the one in the animated series and i wish we got something a little closer to that but i think leto's joker is going to be good i really do right i just am not totally sold on the visual yeah i could see maybe one tattoo or something yeah. but for where we're making it like his defining characteristic right that and like the grill on his teeth like yeah the see we, we talked about the the grill before and that at least makes logical sense like i don't okay. like the aesthetic choice of it mm-hmm. but i get the logic from it and that those teeth were probably all punched out of his face by yeah, batman okay i can see and that. now he's gotten replacements mm-hmm. and they're all just metal teeth yeah i mean that makes sense because we are looking at a batman that's been around for like 20 years right right so he's gotten his butt kicked a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this Joker is going to be way more like chaotic and yeah. like, way more like explosive as yeah. opposed yeah. to cunning and planning and, you know, putting pieces together. He's, he's going to be a lot more he's, just. He's un- unhinged. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, like the Heath Ledger was. Listen, you say what you want about him. He had a plan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, this one doesn't look like he has a plan. Right. It's like getting another tat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the bottom line, really, we're not going to know until we actually see the movie. Right. And if we look back at the history of the Joker castings, people were not necessarily on board for Nicholson. People were not on board for Ledger when he first got announced. See, it's funny. I don't even remember that. The, oh, yeah. The, the backlash was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. And I can't even admit that I wasn't one of them mm-hmm. because I was just like, Heath Ledger. But. We also said in Nolan we trust at yeah, the time. That's right. Yeah. I don't have that same level of trust for Snyder right now mm-hmm. based on his prior work. We will see. We will right? see. And that yep. should be the theme for the episode. Like, we, listen, we're all going anyways. Yeah, we're all going. We're all going. <laughs> we're all going, right? The listeners yep. are going. We're going. Totally. Right? So we'll all be there. Totally. Then we, then we can judge. <laughs> Absolutely. Snyder, don't mess up. Yeah, yeah. Snyder, that's right. Don't yeah. mess up, but we're going to watch it anyways. Thank don't you. let us down. We'll pay the money, and yeah. I, we know that's what you that's want right. anyway. But, yeah, that's don't right. let us down. Uh, and then the big, now this was not a trailer, but I was still very happy to see the footage that came out for Star Wars Episode 7. Mm. Oh, I love this. Again, now, I grew up, this is, this is much, yeah, I love it. I grew up with all this. Some people were disappointed that we didn't get a trailer, and I don't really want trailers anymore. Like, I said it about Batman v Superman. We're going. Right. I don't need to see more. I don't want more ruined. I want things to remain surprises at this point. Do you think we're trailered out? You think we've reached that critical mass on trailers? We've, we get so many of them so often. I think so. Right? Multiple teasers. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also don't think that the mainstream is exposed the same way that we are. I think the mainstream is seeing maybe one or two trailers per film. Sure. We see the mother load. Right. Because we're just so aware of the culture and we're following it. Mm-hmm. So we, we definitely get exposed more than others, but. I don't want to see four or five trailers for a movie because it ruins so much of the movie. I want those moments to be special. So a behind-the-scenes video for Star Wars is a logical choice and I think sold the movie better than any trailer possibly could have because a trailer you're going to see finished footage or near-finished footage. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing here is the love that's being put into it from a practical effects standpoint. Right. The lack of green screens 
in this behind the scenes footage makes me so right. happy. Right. Yeah, it, it looks almost entirely practical. Yes. I mean, including the explosions. Yes. yes. Take a look at that, Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing green screens here below the Falcon and, or whatever ship that is. Right. But. But they're not there. You're going to yeah. have some here and there. But that's like all you see right. in this whole thing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. And, I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I don't I'm, I'm not going to speak too much on it. Yeah. But I mean, I've been fortunate enough to. uh be part of the uh, the uh, licensing and, and yeah. some of the product that's being made. Yep. And obviously, I can't talk about it, but I've been I've seen a lot of this. Yeah. And um, it's cool to to have that experience shared with everyone else. Like for like for you to see and it be yeah. as jazzed as you want to oh, see. Oh yeah, it. so you know, stuff that I've seen months ago. It's fun. Like to now, I can feel like I can talk about it now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can say like, "Oh, did you see that? You know, the Falcons in this." Yeah, yep. You know that now. You know that Han and Chewie are in it. Yeah. I couldn't say anything for, right. for anybody for months. Right. You know, now that they revealed that what's the name Gwendolyn. Um, I can't remember her last name. I can't either. Uh, she's playing that. Christy, that, maybe. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie, okay. I believe is her name. The fact that she's that that silver trooper that yes. they show. Yeah. You know, and it's like like I couldn't say anything to anybody right. about it, but it's like it's super cool to actually share that now with people. It's very exciting. Right. I think they're like. JJ is doing all the right things right. because he's a fan. And also he's a story guy. Yes. That's another, that's the, I think that's the biggest thing I'm excited about. He's clearly a story guy. Yep. And he's going to focus on story first and then all the bells and whistles. Totally. So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. I'm so pumped for this. Yeah. I really, I'm and not sure. we got to wait till when? Like December? Yeah, Christmas. Oh. Christmas. Christmas. I'm not sure I could be more excited for Star Wars, especially after all this. So this is it, right? Is this going to be, this is the marquee of, Event of the year, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Greater than Avengers. Yeah. Greater than yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. There's so much riding on this movie. Yeah. The 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 records that this is gonna break, and and this is right. also uh, the first canon movie since the prequels, because right. the expanded universe for Star Wars has been kind of like retconned. But they have all this other stuff coming out, like they have the Rogue One movie, and they have so right. much stuff. Ugh, it's it's going to be, be unbelievable. I'm so excited. Just yeah. give me all of it. You're right, and this stuff's going to explode. Yes. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they make a billion dollars the first weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean literally. I mean, you know they're going to release it all over the earth. Yeah. They might make a billion the, with day one. They might, you know, night Wednesday or Friday, whenever it comes out, they might make a billion dollars that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. You know? <gasps> So, all right, we're in. So pumped. So pumped. <laughs> so what do we say? What's the theme? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're all yeah. going to go. We're all going to go. <laughs> all going to go. All right, so those are the trailers. Uh, let's get into some of the news, the big headlines that came out. First, about Comic-Con itself. While rumors have suggested that Comic-Con International might move to another location, such as Los Angeles, Anaheim, or Las Vegas, San Diego's Mayor Kevin Falconer has announced that Comic-Con will remain in San Diego through 2018. The new deal gives SDCC a flat rate to inhabit the San Diego Convention Center and ensures that area hotels will not spike their prices for out-of-town attendees. The economic impact of the four-day event to the San Diego region is in the neighborhood of $200 million annually. Whoa. That's just for a weekend. That is huge. That's sick. It's crazy. But... We've seen it ground level, man. Like, right. We've been in it. We've been in the, in the wash. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, something. I can see that number being totally factual. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just the convention center itself. It's all the things that happen around exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. It's unbelievable. You're basically seeding money into that town for the next year. Right. Ugh. Yeah. I don't want, and I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't either. I, I mean, really like to, the gas lamp. I mean, I've been to, I've been to those other cities. I've been to, I've attended ten, uh, uh, conventions at those other mm-hmm. cities, but I mean, Vegas, I guess would kind of work. But um, because there's so much else to do around mm-hmm. in and around Vegas, but 
I don't know. I mean, I just like San Diego. I just, I love flying in. Yeah, I agree. You know, it feels good. I mean, temp and the weather's phenomenal. Oh, it's beautiful out there. Yeah, I don't know. As soon as we got home, it was like 82 degrees and muggy. And I was like, ah. I know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Much less mug. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot less mug. Muddy mug, maybe. It was like, it got up to 75 or something while we were there. Yeah, I know. That was the hottest. And yeah, low humidity. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, San Diego is just a great, just it a great vibe, too. It really is. People, plus, that Southern California people tend to be pretty laid back mm-hmm. as well. So. Everyone's so friendly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's a good vibe. Yeah. I, I don't want them to go anywhere. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, no, no LA with yeah. like egos flying oh, around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know it'd be easier for people to get there promoting wise. Yeah, but now you know it's a traffic situation. Yep. It's the the hotels. You know, it's funny. LA is people don't realize how spread out LA is. It is. It's huge. You know, so I I don't know. I don't I don't I can't see LA it working well in LA. Yeah. You know, Vegas maybe just yep. because you can. It's easy to you know. There's so many hotels and. It's, and it, I don't think they, they could jack up the price like they do for every, you know, every boxing match or every UFC. But yep. I, I think it, it could work there. But no, let's stick, let's stick with San Diego. Totally. Totally agree. Uh, right back into the Batman stuff. Ben Affleck is looking to make use of all the tools in his utility belt as the current Dark Knight is set to co-write the script for an upcoming solo Batman movie with DC Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns, which Affleck will also direct. Johns has written several issues for the character's solo title in addition to both volumes of Batman Earth 1 and appearances in Justice League. Johns has also been responsible for several episodes of Smallville, Arrow, and The Flash. So Ben Affleck co-writing and directing right. the next Batman movie. Now you know, we see how they got him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how you got him, right? And I think a very smart decision. But can we please, please not have an origin story? I think they're past that. Please. I think when they're working with already a Batman that's 20 years Mm -hmm. in like crime fighting already. Yeah. You don't go back to origin at this point. Am I mistaken or did they, did they see a little bit of origin flash in that? Absolutely. um, Yeah. So they may have like a a sort of a montage. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be totally great. And if you want to handle origins that way, yeah. Like the Incredible Hulk, they did it in the intro credits to the movie. Watchmen. Mm -hmm. They did a nice little substantial thing in Watchmen. Totally fine. All right. Yeah, a that. snippet of origin, hmm. not a problem. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, watching Bruce Wayne's parents die, that's an iconic image. That's right. a, a sequence that is used for emotional impact. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be used to tell the story of his origin all the time, just as a point of understanding when necessary to really relate to the character. Right. So, Makes sense to me. Yeah. I love Affleck as a writer. I love Affleck as a director. I think this is a really, really smart choice. Right. I'm excited to see a Batman movie. I just recently saw Gone Girl. I mean, you gotta love him as a performer. Totally, as well. totally. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Johns being one of the co-writers on this—that's huge. It's been so long since we've seen like a comic book writer getting into the trenches with the screenwriters for right. a movie. Mm-hmm. And Johns has clearly worked on other projects that are doing the same kind of adaptations. Very smart move, just to kind of keep the character grounded in the character, I think. Cool. Should yeah. Be good. Yeah. Love this news. Sounds Very good. excited. Doctor Who. Who. The BBC has announced that Series 9 of Doctor Who will premiere on September 19th. In addition to releasing a trailer, several episode details have been revealed, including the news that Game of Thrones star Maisie Williams will appear in a guest role in Episode 5, and the first two and last two episodes of the season are written by current showrunner Stephen Moffat. Cool. How much of a uh, Whovians are we in the room aside from um, myself? Actually, uh, King, you'd be the closest yeah. to a yeah, Whovian. I'm, I'm up to date. What do you think about Peter Capaldi? I like him. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, they couldn't have the uh, bright-eyed, <laughs> exciting <laughs> doctors. Sure. Eventually, you're going to have to get a serious 
go a little older, get a little more dark, I guess. Yeah. A little you, gruff. The only thing I always under I, I don't understand about Doctor Who in in his choice, and I love and I love him as an actor. Sure. I love him, you know, in the loop and all that. But um, like I wonder, like how does that affect the young viewers, like the new, like the young girls who love, like right. when you go to the con, the young girls who love Doctor Who, yep. clearly because of Matt Smith yep. and clearly because of David Tennant. I wonder how that affects the audience. I think the the girls who liked Doctor Who because of the kind of like fangirl crushes, right. We're not huge Doctor Who fans anyway. So right. They were Matt Smith fans. Right. They were specifically David Tennant fans or Matt Smith okay, fans. Gotcha. Or a lot of those went from Tennant to Smith and kind of like kept that going. And that was Doctor Who to them. Right. But the reboot started with Christopher Eccleston, someone who wasn't like an older, older doctor. Right. But older than Tennant and Smith were in the role for sure. Smith yeah. was the youngest, right. uh, I believe, when he was cast. I think he was like 28 or 29, something like that. And going to an older doctor now, it's like almost testing the the true fans of the show and being like, well, those familiar with Doctor Who know that the majority of the time, yeah, he's an older guy. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. almost all of them, right? Are the older, right? Old, like yeah. the ones from the seventies and the, and right? They've all been older guys, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of the season too, they addressed it too, like bringing it up. They were just like, well. He's been traveling for thousands and thousands of years. Of course, he's going to be old. Right, right. It's and just I mean, a mask he, he wears to get Absolutely. Just, right. He's always been an older guy. Yeah, right, yeah it's thousands of years yeah, old. The younger right. faces are just for the companions. Exactly. So can... It's just whatever suit he's wearing at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, right. Skin suit. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, it's I, I like Capaldi. Um, I am excited for more Doctor Who. I have been kind of like... Falling away from it a little bit, I think, because when I originally watched it, I binged mm-hmm. so much. I binged Eccleston, I binged Tenet, and probably, like, the first season of Smith was when I kind of, like, hopped into all of that. Uh, and then the huge gaps between seasons, mm-hmm. they do leave me hanging a lot. Like, right. we get 10 episodes. This is starting up in September. It'll be done in um, two months, roughly. Yep. And then we wait, we get the Christmas episode, and then we don't see him for another, like, eight months or something. That's, yeah, that's the formula, right? That's it's, hard. Yeah, that's got to be tricky. I mean, it's not like The Walking Dead where they have Fear the Walking Dead now in the right, summer. Right, right. Yeah, there's no, is there, a, there's, is there, well, they had Torchwood for a while. Was that a spinoff? It was a spinoff, yeah. Did so the, the universe was season? continuing, but I never saw Torchwood okay. or I don't know when it aired, like, yeah, in yeah, conjunction yeah, with I'm not it. familiar with that. Either. Yeah. yeah. So we will, uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, some updates on The Flash and Arrow. During the season finale of The Flash, we saw the appearance of Jay Garrick's helmet. During a panel at San Diego Comic-Con, Jeff Johns said of the helmet, quote, that's not an Easter egg. That's a story point. We're going to see Jay. That's kind of a huge cool. deal. We're going to see Jay Garrick on The Flash. A new costume for The Flash was also on display at San Diego Comic-Con with a chess logo featuring a white circle to more closely resemble the comic book suit. Mm-hmm. Why they didn't go with this in the beginning, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. In in from a design perspective, it's not going to hurt anything. No, but yeah, I don't like know. why was the choice made to give him a red circle behind the lightning bolt? It know. seems so odd. It's a good point. I see. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't affect anything in any, no, in any way. Nothing right? at all whatsoever. Like they do that all the time, right? Especially in it feels like they do that all the time in these uh, CW series. Like they didn't call Clark. Superman until the very end. That was part of the premise of the show, though. But like right. Arrow was the hood, mm-hmm. then Arrow, and then he's finally, I guess, going to be Green Arrow coming up in the next season. 
Uh, they had to call it Starling City instead of Star City for some reason. Like these are changes that don't affect anything except pissing off fans mm-hmm. because they're not accurate. Right. So why bother? I, you know, it's, I, there's got to be, I, th- in my, again, just a theory. Sure. I think it's a, a sense of ownership. Mm. Like if you're in the writer's room and you have all this canon, you know, decades of canon, right. it's your ability to sort of stamp a little bit of your own personality on it. Yeah. That'd be my suspicion. It's a good point. Yeah. If you're, if so you're the showrunner. So it's a writer ego thing. Could be. I I, maybe. Or it's, again, it's just a sense of like, all right, these characters exist for people in, in this venue, mm-hmm. the comic book world, for decades. Here's our chance to separate ourselves. Okay. Would be my opinion. I, I, I don't know for certain. I mean, I've never sat in, you know, the, the writer's room for any of these things, but that would be my impression. Let's change this up a little bit to give some ownership. I get that. That would be my yeah. opinion. I don't know if, that, I don't know how valid it is, but that's my opinion. <laughs> and speaking about Arrow and Suits, this was debuted when Stephen Amell walked out in this at the panel, I guess, at San Diego Comic Con. Arrow will also be receiving a new costume with the most apparent change being the lack of sleeves. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, so now he's got some arm guards going on there, which makes sense for an archer, totally. Right. This mm-hmm. is a little closer to the classic green arrow that we are familiar with uh, suit-wise. I think it looks better, honestly. Can't wait to tell. Has he got a goatee? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's goatee working on that beard a little bit. Might have a little, little bit. Bit of a, little bit of a goatee going on. It looks like a little stubble, but... Uh, okay. Yeah, but they're supposedly going to be changing the tone a little bit, too. Like, we're going to see... A green arrow that's able to smile and maybe make a joke once in a while instead of being burger, 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 burger. <laughs> a lot of that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of that going on. Between like these new series with these, you know, changes in costumes, are we seeing any like uh, specific events that will be changing their personalities or changing, you know, their role as a hero? Are they seeing themselves more as a hero? Without, I mean, without getting into like crazy spoilers or anything, in the season finale, we did see him kind of riding off into the sunset with mm-hmm. Felicity and they've been working on that relationship for a while. Okay. So he might just be happier. Okay. Yeah. Which means he's going to lighten up a little bit, I think naturally. So that makes sense cool. in that regard. Uh, the CW has officially announced that justified and suit star Neil McDonough has joined the cast of arrow as Damien dark, the big bad for season four. Teased in the final episodes of season three in the series, Dark is a former colleague of the late Ray Shao Ghoul and briefly visited Starling City in the season finale, although never appeared on screen. We were told he was around and then we never got a glimpse of him because he had not been cast yet. Right. Uh, created by Devin Grayson and Mark Buckingham for the 1999 comic series Titans, Dark is a criminal mastermind that is deeply connected to the Hive organization. The show's producers describe their take on the character as a mysterious and sophisticated villain and an adversary of the late Ra's al Ghul. Now the leader of his own clandestine group, this cunning foe will prove to be one of Arrow's greatest challenges. You mentioned Ra's al Ghul again. Does this seem like another plot that's borrowed from Batman or is this the Damien Dark thing? uh, Not as much. Uh, And Ra's al Ghul has been somewhat written off Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, which I'm happy to see because this latest season of Arrow was definitely its weakest in the sense that it was just borrowing from other things. Okay. Uh, we do know that the Batman villain Anarchy will be showing up in the next season. I'm hoping that doesn't mean they're just <laughs> going to keep stealing things from Batman. But I am excited that they're going with a villain as a big bad that I'm not super familiar with okay. and I get to learn about. And I also really like Neil McDonough. So I think that's a great casting choice. 
I wonder, does um does uh, Green Arrow in the comic books have a deep rogues gallery? Yeah, I don't know. I know I'm, not, I'm unfamiliar with his character in, in, in I, comic book sense. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I right. really don't know what his I rogues if that's gallery why looks borrowing, like. Borrowing so heavily from Batman, right? Very I mean, possible. Yeah, it's like oh, he's got he's got an insert. He's a surplus. Yeah, Batman's got all of them. Yeah, he's <laughs> got all the and great they're all great villains. Yeah, yeah, so I imagine I wonder if there's like let's let's poach a few of those over, you know? Right, right. I don't know. I, it makes sense. It yeah, makes sense. I can see why they would do why that. I, wait, why am I? Def- how how did I get the role of the defender of the of the of these series? Right? How did I that don't happen? know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, didn't, I backed into that one. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Warner Brothers panel in Hall H announced that the upcoming Green Lantern reboot will be officially titled Green Lantern Core. Mm-hmm. No other details have currently been released. What was wow. the uh, reception when that was made? Yeah. Yeah. Every I think people so geeked out by like the initial presentation of it. It just. Everybody was on board. We were on such a high. Whatever yeah. they announced, there was an enormous. And they were doing it like one after the other. After they were just yeah. rapid firing. Yeah. I think I mentioned in the last podcast that Aisha Tyler was hosting that panel, and yep. she just kept it. She kept the um it flowing. Yeah. And so it was one announcement after the other after the other. And so people were so euphoric that <laughs> they were enjoying everything. And there was a huge cheer when it was Green Lantern Corps. I heard that they showed like a huge image that just had a ton of lanterns too. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, from what. One particular blogger wrote the image was so big that he couldn't even identify all the lanterns. He was like, I didn't see Guy Gardner there, but he could have been there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, yeah. It was the, Again, the entire perimeter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was filled with lanterns. That's crazy. Yeah, it was great. I look forward to that. I hope it does mean that we're going to get more than one protagonist. Like, maybe we'll see Hal and John and maybe even Kyle. Like, let's bring them all in. Why not? I'm excited for that. Yeah, they should. So is it still going to be, who's going to be the lead lantern? No idea. Oh, they don't know yet. Nope. Oh, cool. No clue. It's a lot of speculation to come. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a movie set for like 2020. Oh, wow. That far out. Yeah. Yeah, This is like, this is the end of the DC stuff that they've currently announced. Okay. That's like the last one. So less likely, maybe Ryan Reynolds on a... Oh, they're not going to go with (laughs) Ryan Reynolds again. No. No, no. New universe. Okay. New New universe. All right. Gotcha. Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment have revealed their plans for the next three DC Universe original movies set to be released in 2016, including an adaptation of the classic Joker story, Batman the Killing Joke. Love it. The graphic novel telling a version of the origin of the Joker and the story that left Barbara Gordon paralyzed. The animated adaptation is executive produced by Bruce Timm and will retell the tale in an exciting new way. It'll also feature an original 15-minute prologue that helps set up the story, giving even longtime fans of the story something new to look forward to. Mm. The other two animated films announced were Batman Bad Blood, an original Batman story that features the introduction of Batwoman to the new line of animated films, and Justice League vs. Titans, another original story and the first of the DC Universe original movies to feature the Teen Titans. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. Yeah. So they have been they've been upping their amount of release each year and we're getting kind of three of these movies. They've said we're going to get a Justice League. We're going to get a Batman. There's a, those are in their own like cohesive universes. And then there's going to be a one off every time, which more often than not has been a Batman movie as well, just because he's he's kind of the primetime player. Right. Yeah. So but people have been begging for a killing joke animated movie for so long and seeing how well they did Dark Knight Returns. Very excited to see this. Even more excited that Bruce Timm is going to be executive producing this one. Mm-hmm. Because he had been out of the game for about two years and came back to do Justice League Gods and Monsters. And now looks like he'll be in charge of this one as well, which obviously has a lot of weight behind it. I'd, I'd be curious to see what sort of art style they go with. Mm. Because um, 
the Brian Boland stuff yep. is so different than Bruce Tim. Yeah. So much more yeah. detail and more uh, uh, more anatomical. Yep. I'm so not really as much curious. a fan as like the anime-ish style that they've been running with lately. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you can see why they would. Yeah, yeah. Because anime so popular. Absolutely. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I see your point, though. It'd yeah. be great to... Uh, couldn't they do it in that classic sort of Batman anima- animated series style or that that's, Justice League style? That's Bruce Tim. I mean... I think that would work. With him in charge, uh, Gods and Monsters is definitely a very Bruce Tim inspired art style. Right. It seems like when he's the man behind the movie... That's what it kind of falls on, and I hope that is the case here. Because oh, I'd love to see like his take on that on all that Brian Boland art. Exactly, It'd be, really, be fun to see. Oh, so good. Marvel has announced that Elektra will make her Marvel Cinematic Universe debut in the upcoming second season of Daredevil. The first season made reference to the character, and now the iconic assassin will be played by GI Joe Retaliation's Elodie Young. Elektra is described as a mysterious woman from Matt Murdock's past, whose dangerous and exotic ways. Maybe more than he can handle. Oh, that's right. I like it. I love how they seeded uh, Electra in the uh, in the Netflix series. They made mention of a lot of stuff in the first season that yeah. we haven't necessarily seen to come to fruition yet. But well, it's like what you mentioned earlier that that ability to seed concepts in mm-hmm. in one movie in a really natural or even if way, you plan on using right? them or not, like dropping mm-hmm. Easter eggs or making references right. to things that we might see is smart. Right? Yeah, I agree. And it's a great way to expand the universe. Right. Like Man of Steel, we did see a Wayne satellite. Mm-hmm. But if we had actually seen one of those buildings in Metropolis labeled as the Wayne thing, one that was being destroyed, even that small a thing, even if we didn't see Bruce Wayne himself, right. gives us thought forward to, oh, crap, he just destroyed one of Bruce's buildings. There's no way he's going to let that fly. Yeah, gonna show, yeah mm-hmm. there's going to be consequences right. for that. Right. Like that gives us some sort of right. forethought. But. They didn't have that forethought as much as they'll try to convince <laughs> you that they did, or else those things would be in the movie. Right, yeah. So that's true. But this casting looks great. I actually enjoyed Retaliation. I thought it was way better than the first G.I. Joe movie. And I mean, I haven't seen a ton of stuff that she's been in, but she certainly looks the part. If she was in a G.I. Joe movie, she definitely has the action chops. Mm-hmm. And I'm just pumped to see Electra pop up in Daredevil too. So now this is in addition to Punisher, we're getting Electra as well, which is awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. Again, now you're back in my, you're back in my strike zone. Right, right. Marvel, Marvel stuff. Uh, the next big screen adventure for the USS Enterprise has officially received the title Star Trek Beyond. Director Justin Lin confirmed the title for the next film in the Star Trek franchise, which has Idris Elba set as the film's villain and a release date scheduled for July 8th, 2016. Whoa, we're going to have Stringer Bell in, in fighting Starfleet? That's what's going on? <laughs> Stringer Bell? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know, man. Elba, huh? Yeah, I love him. Luther? He's great. Luther's going to fight the... <laughs> He's going to fight Kirk? Well, I don't know if they're going to have him come in as <laughs> other characters he's played. <laughs> I say we bring Luther in. <laughs> <laughs> it would make for an interesting movie. He's at least as formidable as Khan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pumped. I love the Star Trek franchise that's going on right now, so I am very excited, obviously, for the next one. Mm-hmm. Justin Lin's good director, too. I mean, that's the Fast and Furious guy. So right. as most are speculating, we're probably going to get a more action-filled Star right. Trek than we've seen in the past. Right. And that's fine, but maybe just better action scenes. But I still want to see the Star Trek in there. Like, right. I, yeah. I like the the sit-down debate, explore 
bigger yeah, concepts I, I, I idea. I think that ship might have <laughs> might have left the, that's left, why, the, left the space dock. I hate to say it. That's why I still pray for a new Star Trek yeah, series. Good news mm. is we got all the old stuff. We can still rewatch it. That's right. It. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I have a feeling it's, it's action from here on out, sure. unfortunately. I, I agree with you. I miss that um, hard science fiction. Yes. But mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe... Exploring um, the moral quandaries of the world. Right, yeah. yeah. And you know, all the allegories and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I miss all that. But, you know, who knew? maybe they can seed, talking about seeding, seed um, these action flicks with that. Totally. Give you a little extra depth. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. I'd like it. I wonder right. if they're going to make any mention to the, you know, the loss of the old Spock with Nimoy passing. Ah. I wonder if he will have any, if they will make an aside to that or any sort of, you know, small tribute to that during the movie. If anything, at least at the very end, we'll see... Uh, yeah. A credit thing mm-hmm. in memory of but yeah i'd like to see something in the movie too some sort of nod mm-hmm. or just direct because yeah he has been a character in exactly. the last two so they're gonna have to tie that up somehow mm-hmm. we're writing this thing right here what, what are you talking about <laughs> we write a lot of movies that never get produced <laughs> we're writing, here we're for sure. right here in this room <laughs> director james gunn has revealed the official title to the sequel for marvel's guardians of the galaxy which is titled guardians of the galaxy volume two Apparently, Kevin Feige let the title slip while doing Ant-Man press, so Gunn was in the clear to make the confirmation. Oops. <laughs> hey, at least Gunn didn't do it. He would have been in trouble if he did, but yep. sure. no one's yelling at Kevin Feige for doing anything. And it makes sense. Uh, we saw the the Awesome Mix Volume 1 tape was a big thing that came out of the first Guardians, mm-hmm. so they're going to borrow a little bit from that for the titling of Volume 2. All right. Trey Parker and Matt Stone have reached a new deal with Comedy Central to extend South Park. By three seasons and 30 episodes, taking the longest-running primetime scripted series in cable through an unprecedented 23rd season and 304 episodes. The deal for three additional seasons ensures the series will continue to produce new, original episodes through 2019. Parker and Stone will continue to write, direct, and edit every episode of South Park as they have since the premiere of the series in 1997. The 19th season of South Park premieres on Wednesday, September 16th. I want to know what it is they put in their coffee because they've been working so hard for so long they to have. put out such quality and timely content. They have, and the fact that they're doing another video game on top of all this, mm-hmm. and like, uh, I think they dropped down the season episode length based on the other projects that they're working on. Like they did Book of Mormon, so they had to take a step back for a little while and things like this. But right. the fact that they're so hands on with all of it is amazing and it really shows why the series keeps up so well mm-hmm. like it's still going strong they had a little dip for right, a while but everything does when it's that big right but it is back to like full bore just being amazing mm-hmm. every episode of every season lately it's awesome agreed so excited for more south park <laughs> i love that show so much i can't even tell you we previously reported that voice actor Harry Shearer would not be returning for the upcoming 27th season of The Simpsons, speaking of long-running series. Oh, 27. Now Fox has confirmed that Shearer will be returning and has signed the same contract as the other five members of the core voice cast, netting him $300,000 an episode through the show's 30th season. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Nothing big. 300K. Mm-hmm. Nothing big. Yeah. One yeah. week of work, 300K. How many episodes yeah. are in a season of The Simpsons? Like, I would assume I 20, 20. They've got to be in the 20s, right? Yeah, 22, 24, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. At least that. It's on, right? It's on through the whole fall. I mean, it, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. Oh, After a show that's running this long and the money that The Simpsons is probably generating, right. that's mm-hmm. probably his fair cut. You know oh, what's yeah. interesting, too? And that's much less than, like, if you think of shows in the 90s, what was Seinfeld making for his show? Oh, yeah. and Millions the, the, per. The Friends were making a million per yeah. episode each. So mm-hmm. six people 
making a million dollars per episode at right. the end of their run. I mean, that's a heck of a thing. I mean, 300K per yeah. episode, I'll, I'll take well, it. Well, we were talking about the difference between voice acting and on-camera acting. Right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Half a million dollars. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, and, and listen, I'm sure they're thankful for that. I'm oh, sure. no doubt. No doubt. Especially when the guy's got an ISDN line in his house and that's how he's recording wow. most of his stuff. He doesn't have to leave. Yep. That's the life. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> hey, isn't that kind of what's going on in here, right? <laughs> yeah. Except for the money part. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's one missing. Element. Everything except the money. Doctor Who, which has never before been in a Lego video game, will be playable in the Lego Dimension starter pack with a complete Doctor Who level where the game's heroes continue their quest while encountering Daleks, Cybermen, and other adversaries from the Hooniverse. Fans who want more Doctor Who and LEGO Dimensions will be able to purchase the Doctor Who level pack, which includes an additional mission-based Doctor Who level, along with a LEGO minifigure of the 12th Doctor and LEGO models of the TARDIS and K-9 all playable in the game. When the 12th Doctor is defeated in the level, he returns as the first Doctor and then regenerates back up to the 12th Doctor again. Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. The interior of the TARDIS will also reflect the corresponding Doctor the player embodies or can be manually selected. There's even a jukebox inside where players can choose among different versions of the Doctor Who theme music. The TARDIS and K-9 models can each be physically built and then rebuilt twice to do entirely different things in the digital game for massive variety. This game sounds insane. It just keeps getting bigger and better. We've talked about it so many times. And they just keep adding new things to it that just make you go, what the what is this? So now you're saying I can fly the TARDIS as Batman mm -hmm. and I can drive the DeLorean as the Doctor. What? Yeah. What more do you want? That's amazing. That's so amazing. Have they had the Doctor in a video game before in any form? There before? have been Doctor Who video games. They have not been the strongest thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I can imagine. <laughs> that's some, dipl that's yeah. some diplomacy right there. Right. Yeah. From what I've heard, at least, I haven't really played any of them, but, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Enough, enough said. <laughs> but this, this, this makes it much more exciting. I mean, the Lego, Lego games have such a, a great lineage behind them. Mm -hmm. They're dropping so many right now, but the quality doesn't seem to be decreasing at all. Nope. Which is nice. And I mean, you guys, would you guys consider yourself pretty much like hardcore gamers? Like you guys are plugged in to the game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Damien but, probably more so than I. Right. I mean, I, I consider myself, I would said I'm used to be a hardcore gamer. My time to play them has just decreased so much. I would call myself not a casual gamer, but a gamer. But if, if hardcore is measured by my knowledge of the industry, mm -hmm. uh, then sure. I would, I, I yeah, would, I would agree. Qualifies. I would agree. It's okay. not so much the amount of time because like, you know, this isn't summer between like, you know, second and third grade where I would play Super Mario 64 right, for right. 30 hours a week. But where I've been keeping up with it, where I've been able to grow my knowledge of the different, you know, gaming systems, following the news, keeping up with different games and understanding how important they are to the industry. Mm -hmm. Then, yes, I would say that I'm a hardcore gamer. Oh, okay. And, and the yeah. reason I ask is because a game like that for someone who's not right, like myself is um, do you get the same sort of entertainment value? out of it because it's not as intense as some of these other you know, lego some the, sometimes yeah. i think the lego games are more entertaining mm -hmm. they are I really good games that's kind of my point i think that that i mean again i'm a layman in it yeah yeah and that game you put that on right now i'd play it yeah i don't need to have an intense emotional crazy story driven experience when i'm playing a video game mm -hmm. i watch so much tv and movies that have an emotional impact on me that a lot of the times like i find myself going towards more independent games that are just fun for the play value story is great and there are certain games that i look to for that i like the batman games for that i like the uncharted games for that but i just want to have fun playing a video game sometimes and, and the lego games always offer that 
if you look at like the older Lego games, like Lego was like one of the first to really redefine the co-op couch play totally. of gaming where they did like the shared screen and then would split screen if you got, if the two characters got too far apart yep, so yep. it would stay seamless and like they put a lot of stuff into their games that you would see in a video game yeah they're not lagging behind their their video it's weird to use it as an adjective they're video gamey video games yes <laughs> yeah they, they're it, not trying to be like cinematic masterpieces and like and for me being like kind of like the old man winter mm -hmm. in the room yeah you know like because i actually literally grew up in an era where like the only video game you had was pong yep mm -hmm. like i literally i remember being a child a small child and yeah. like, you would go to like a little bar or something and you play pong like a little blip yeah <laughs> against another mm -hmm. blip yeah and that was it to see the evolution of it you know and not you know i was involved right up until the maybe into the early 90s mm -hmm. you know so kind of what was that like, what was out there maybe nintendo 64 or whatever was out that's at the when time. i started right yeah so i mean it's it feels when I play it, it feels mm -hmm. like games for that era. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, you'd feel like you feel fun. It's yeah, it feels like it. an old school game. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not necessarily mission. It's not. I mean, you're on missions, right? But it's not the same. It's like your task isn't. Like, I got to end this game, and then I've got to do all the, you know, ancillary things. Right, right. Like it's a and you do in that game as well. Right, right. But it's just. But they're pure very fun. optional too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Pure fun. Yep. Pure I mean, fun. My son and I, we play. We used to like the, the uh, Star Wars one. Yep. I remember yeah. playing that. Oh, they're a good time yeah, for sure. Good, good for time. Sure. Yeah, the Star Wars ones when they had like no voice actors or anything. It was just <laughs> yeah. they motion to everything. each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember there was like, yeah, I was like, they wouldn't really speak, would they? Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was all nonverbal. It was very it's like interesting. chewy. <laughs> <laughs> good jokes about yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah. No, they had nice jokes, and I assume they still do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Little, little they're little... hilarious. Right, yeah. Cool. Uh, fans that are worried about a potential Back to the Future remake have nothing to worry about if Robert Zemeckis has anything to say about it. And fortunately for us, he does. Mm -hmm. Zemeckis is one of two rights holders to the original film, along with co-writer Bob Gale. Earlier uh, this, well, this news story is probably old now. Earlier this month, The Telegraph asked Zemeckis if he would ever sign off on a remake, to which he replied, Oh, God, no. Yeah. That can't happen until both Bob and I are dead. And then I'm sure they'll do it unless there's a way our estates can stop it. I mean, to me, that's outrageous. Especially since it's a good movie. It's like saying, let's remake Citizen Kane. Who are we going to get to play Kane? What folly? What insanity is that? Why would anyone do that? The original contract Zemeckis and Gale made with Universal and Amblin Entertainment in 1984 accord the two men final say on the production of any Back to the Future related films for as long as they live. Wow, mm -hmm. that's great. This it's, is the this isn't the first time that like that headline type of thing has come up. Like no, they've said no. no, no in the past. Yep. Many, many times. Mm. And there's no reason to remake it. No, like, there isn't. It's you, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to either up the special effects? Mm -hmm. Okay, there weren't a ton to begin with. Don't really need that. Mm -hmm. Are you going to make an act an accurate 20, 2015? That's going to be boring. Yeah, if you take it out of the 80s, yeah. or, you lose so much of the charm. And right. if you try to modernize it, then then what? Are we going to be, you know, just people on their phones? Right. Is that what we're going to see in Just 2015? go make another time travel movie. Yeah. You don't need That's to do fine. Back to the Future. Yeah, try, yeah, try time travel is pretty infinite. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You can do in whatever you want with time travel. Yeah, you can go in both directions. You don't, you know, it doesn't always have to be the future. It exactly. Always, you know, it's, exactly. Yeah. There's like the old west and stuff. <laughs> I, will, I will not defend the. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, the, the industry on that one. <laughs> Thank that one you. I will not That's defend. a wise decision. Yes. Hey, Amazon users! If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com/amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. This is Green Lantern Hal Jordan, and you're listening to The Geek Generation.
we do have some time for geek outs if we get through them fairly quickly. Uh, sure. So we can do our quick geek outs. Yay! There it is. <laughs> Love it. Damien. Starting out, we had New Horizons fly by Pluto. We did. That is something I've been waiting for for nine years. Really? I was in sixth grade in 2006 when New Horizons launched from, okay. from Earth to go out and fly by Pluto and collect data on arguably one of the most popular planet or not. Yep. Things in our sky. Like, people know about it. It's the only, like, big celestial body that was uh, discovered by an American person. But it's also, like, really cool to think we have the technology to send something out that far mm -hmm. with the ability to capture images so great. Like, the ones that we got are, like, the, the sped-up, compressed versions, and they still look great. Right, right. We're, we're going to be getting ones that are so much more detailed. And, like, I'm a science guy. If in another universe where I'm not going to school for microbiology, I'd be an astronomer. Sure. Like, this is, like, such a big deal to me. And it's so cool to see how how far we have come with technology. And this is the the big image that is kind of spreading around right now on mm -hmm. the Internet that everybody's using. They've memed the crap out of it already. Right. A lot of people saying that that looked like a heart on, yep. uh, on the underside of Pluto. Uh, my favorite one that has come out of this so far has to be this image for sure. With Pluto? Uh, yeah, because yeah. once you see it, you can't unsee that. That is phenomenal that someone actually saw the image. And it's very evident. Like when you see it drawn there, <laughs> Pluto's in Pluto. Pluto's on Pluto. It's genius. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really I love cool. that so much. That is great. So another one of my geek outs is a thing called geocaching. Have yes. either of you guys heard of that? I oh. have gone with somebody who did geocache before. Really? I did. Cool. Oh, um, so <laughs> for the, the first time I went was about a week ago or so. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we had heard about it. And we were like, well, let's try it out. We downloaded the app for it. And essentially geocaching is using primarily people use like their cell phones, uh, use the GPS. And it's almost like doing a treasure hunt. People have like put something in a location. Usually it's like a, a Tupperware box or something in it. And usually you'll have like a log book or like little trinkets that people like take something, leave something type mm -hmm. of thing. And you basically, you can use the GPS like on your phone to kind of track where it is. Um, mm. You can use it to get close. And then you're like, oh, I wonder if it's like under this rock or if it's buried in this pile of leaves or if it's behind this tree. And while it's, it's not something huge. It's giving you a reason to kind of, you know, go out and be outside, be outside, and explore. And, yeah. Right? Wait, you're actually getting folks out of the house. I know, yeah. right? But you, you see, you still had to use their smartphone to do it. Right. It's like taking their smartphone and dangling it in front of them, and they have to keep following it. Right, right. <laughs> and and, and while they're out there, they should be listening to the podcast. Oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, just put your headphones while they're on. treasure hunting. Right. Yeah. While you're yeah, treasure hunting, yeah. Yeah. they have a little, yeah, a little, a little something, a little totally. music to, to to hunt with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I recommend it to anyone who lives either in like a city area or some place that has like a lot of parks or whatever. It's it's fun. Get a group of people to go so you can find the thing first and leave something nice. Yep. It's fun. Oh, that's My awesome. last geek out is uh, this awesome opportunity I had to interview the artist behind Altered Comics. Uh, he goes by the name of Shenanigansen. Altered Comics has been around for a couple of years and has gotten really popular in the last uh, couple of years, um, grossing high upvotes on things like Reddit. Um, being featured in like BuzzFeed and Dorkly. So it was kind of a, you know, sort of a big deal for me to do. Um, he was a great guy, was very responsive, gave a great interview. Um, you can see it on our YouTube page. And I had a lot of fun with it. Cool. My first geek out is the Star Trek original series Bluetooth Communicator. Oh, now, great. granted, I am not necessarily the biggest fan of the original series. It is not my go-to as far as Star Trek goes. But look at this thing. That's I mean, cool. it is... It is prop replica quality. 
It has a charging stand, which comes in handy. Uh, people, for whatever reason, seem to think, like in reviews that I read, that this was affixed to the stand. Nobody actually has one in their right? hands. They're just like, it's it's on a stand. What good is that? Are you idiots? <laughs> like, it comes off of there. There's a wide range of authentic sound effects from the Star Trek universe. It also works as a Bluetooth speaker. And it will start shipping in January of 2016. Now, again, like I said, I don't know if this is something I'm necessarily going to get. But mm-hmm. it's awesome that it's out there. It's still, it's still cool. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you want to, it's not the phone itself. You can leave your phone in your pocket. And when your phone rings, you pick up this thing instead if it's connected but through Bluetooth and do 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 and whatever. <laughs> yeah. You just uh, talk to that instead. I hope they really reinforce the hinges, though, because like on the show, they would flip that thing up real quick. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, well, it is it is proper replica quality. So if it's strong on the show, one would think it's going to be strong elsewhere. Good. Uh, this is another piece of news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, and I left it in my geek outs because I am super geeking out about it. DC Entertainment and IDW Publishing have announced their latest crossover miniseries, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Batman, he will team up with anybody that Batman. That's right. Yep. Scheduled for November, this six-part monthly miniseries is set in the streets of Gotham City where fans will see the Dark Knight fight like never before with wall-to-wall ninja action. <laughs> in the ongoing power struggle between the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, General Krang and the Foot Clan, allegiances have shifted and the battle lines have been drawn. Krang concocts a plan to get rid of the Turtles and Shredder by transporting them to another dimension where they land in the dark and dangerous streets of Gotham City. It isn't long before they encounter Gotham's most famous resident, Batman. The Caped Crusader may be their only hope of overcoming their enemies and getting back home, but not before they encounter a whole cast of Gotham's most infamous rogues. (laughs) It's interesting. I think it's a lot smarter to put it into the Gotham universe than it is to go into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. Definitely. Because, like we were saying before, Batman has such a great rogues gallery. You can't transport, like, all the Batman villains to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle world. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's just like little kid and me going, yes, my buddies are meeting each other. Yeah, they're combining it all, right? (laughs) Yeah, like there's something super exciting about that to me. I guess we'll learn if uh, Gotham has really good pizza or not. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My last geek out here is a uh, just more. It's a it's a geek out through another human being (laughs) because I'm just so excited for them. We've talked before about Camille Nanjiani and that he has the X Files Files podcast. He is a huge fan of the X-Files. He's been going through all the episodes, doing the podcasts about them. And from like day one, we've been like, hey, we need to get the X-Files back on the air. And it happened. As soon as that happened, everyone was like, Camille has to be in it. Camille has to be in it. He just has to because he's clearly such a big fan. His star is rising on the actor spectrum. He's becoming a bigger comedian, becoming a bigger actor and getting all of those things. And just yesterday tweeted out, well... A week ago for some of you. Just yesterday for us, Kamel tweeted out an image of himself with Julian Anderson and David Duchovny because he is filming an episode of The X-Files. Good for him. That's awesome. a, a vicarious geek out. Yes. Right. Like, I'm so excited for him because I know how much he loves it. And he's tweeted several things about it, too, uh, since initially tweeting this picture, like saying that he was all calm and everything until he went on set and saw, like, the welcome packet that had the X-Files logo and Kamel Nanjiani typed up below nice. it. Right like, call sheet, huh? Like, what do you even... That's like 
Right. If if someone handed me a voice script and it said Batman, <laughs> Rob Lois, like yeah, yeah, I know what would you do? I know, what right the now. hell? Well, stay tuned. Maybe we, yeah, maybe we could talk yeah. to Andrea. And, <laughs> yeah, talk to Andrea Romano. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea Romano. Call her up. Yeah. Oh, that's it's so great. I'm so happy for it. And the fact that Joel McHale in it, it does not hurt me as much now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just more happy that Kamel got the role. Very, Very exciting. Cool. Nice. That is the end of my geek outs for today, though. Uh, so we are going to wrap this thing up. Final thoughts or something you would like to plug, Damien? I'd like to take the moment just to uh, pay respects to Mr. Satoru Iwata. Uh, oh, yeah. President of Nintendo passed yep. away earlier this month. Uh, he was, you know, very integral in both the company and the world of gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, before being president, he was uh, very much responsible for the original Super Smash Brothers and balancing that mechanic, mm-hmm. working on you know some Pokemon titles. He was very much into the the technical game development side, and it's sad to see him go at such a such a young age. Yeah, fifty five years old. Yep. that's crazy. That's too bad. Way too soon. Yep. Way too soon. Very influential guy. Mm-hmm. And hard and hardworking too. Totally. So, Roger. Rest in peace. Uh, as always, you can find me on rand247.com. You will find all uh, your <laughs> your artful pleasure <laughs> on that site if you love toys and you love games. And and I've got a bunch of uh, imagery up there you can check out. And contact information should anyone. A, yeah, so should you like to have maybe a little piece <laughs> of art done by myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I might make, make, and i also like to throw a little shout out to uh, my new exp- extended family. Uh, last year I had a baby girl. Yeah. Little, little Aria Lee. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, also to her mom, Brenda Lee. <laughs> or Lise. And uh, and little Michaela Marie and um, and my son Kane here, but uh, yeah, no, that's all a big the family one. love up uh, here. In the family geek love, I gotta I gotta gotta send it out there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> to see everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com/slash/thegeekgeneration and follow at Geek Generation on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com/slash/support. Send your emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We're wrapping up this week, and we will be back next week with new stuff for you. And we will see you then. Let's go get some barbecue. Let's do it. <laughs> Later. See ya. Make it so.